0: with Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
1: It is Wednesday, June 12, 2019, season 15, episode number 13. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It is our final episode before we take a little break before training camp. Uh, today, the Cowboys are completing their final uh, their final week worth of work uh, in the offseason. They have their second day of a three day mini camp. They'll finish that up tomorrow. Um, how's everybody doing today?
2: Good. Fantastic, so it's good. Interesting.
1: This is mm-hmm. like I, I feel like I'm in like I'm a parent in in 2019, and I'm talking, and everybody was kind of like on their well, devices. Sorry, and stuff. I'm promoting our also.
2: show on social media. I, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm okay. just
1: saying I'm very used to that because that's I'm what I get on my
3: Periscope for later today.
1: Yeah, I see how the show. Sorry, go. we're trying
3: to promote other things. <laughs> I see how the show is
1: going to go already. It's our final show. We want to hear from you guys too throughout the show. If you guys have a chance to give us a call, or you want to hit hit us on uh, on email, we're going to get a call, uh, or Twitter. Yeah, we're going to try to get a call. Twitter, caller. not email yeah email i got i went way back i went way yeah. back yeah hit us on twitter at cowboys break uh amber can pick up some of those if you want to call us the number is 888-855-2297 we're going to be talking about defense today last week we started talking about changes on this team we specifically talked about the offense today we talk about the defense uh where well, there were quite a few more changes i think than than on the offense but A similar story overall, not a lot of positions to be had, not a lot of opportunity for new guys coming in. I guess let's start first uh, with just kind of talking about overall, what were your thoughts of this defense coming out of last year? They played far better than they were expected to play. What were your thoughts going into the offseason as to what the Cowboys really need to do with this unit?
4: Well... I think they were pretty good and then until they weren't. I mean, in, in the Rams game, it's really hard. It's a good way to put it. Well, until they weren't. The Rams game it just kind of messes up everything because it's the last game of the year, and you're like, well, you know, they couldn't run the ball and they couldn't stop the run. Those are the two things that you're supposed to do in any level of football, and so it's hard to think about how the season was successful, which it was, but those are the two th- things that kind of carry over this team and and the cloud that hangs over them so defensively you think defensive tackle they got to get better there they can't get you know pushed off the ball and you know they got to get they got to get more takeaways I mean as good as Byron Jones was he's got to get more takeaways um, and get some interceptions and plays like that so pretty good
2: but it wasn't good enough at the end everything you just said's right but I try not to overreact to the last game of the year and you know you got to look at the whole picture my main thing was like all right that was awesome sign tank and maintain that momentum and not turn this into like a des bryant situation which they didn't and you which demarcus isn't going through the off-season program he needed surgery i'm curious to see how he comes back from that what his training camp looks like and how quickly he can be ready but my big thing was they're going to let this fall apart after all the good work they did. And and I don't think they did. So it gives me a pretty favorable impression to this point. You, you
4: have something? Well, yeah, I, I didn't know if she was going to make a point there too. But but I'm going to argue with you a, a little bit on that because I understand, like, well, you don't want to look at the last game and all that. But this team hasn't taken that next level. They haven't taken that step. And at some point, you've got to do that. Like, you, you can't just, just keep – uh, well, this was a good year. Divisional round or lost again. I mean, like you've got to to do something there. So, yes, it was good until they got a team that was just way
2: better than them, and it, and it, and okay. it showed. Well, they, I mean, again, it, and that's step leads number us right one to Robert Quinn. Step number one to that was making sh- like again getting DeMarcus They'll Lawrence back and fold. Okay, all of you know, like I like you're right. They did they did need to improve it, but. You have to keep what you had intact before you can build on it. Right. right. And I mean, and I was convinced that D Law was going to be like, I was convinced we would be sitting here in June. It's the second day of mini camp, and we would be writing about whether or not he was here. That's what I was thinking in February. So that's a big first step. They trade for Robert Quinn. Even with Randy Gregory suspended, I feel like they made a significant addition that makes their defense better. And then what they spend their first pick in the draft on, you know, as much as we might've wanted a safety, they clearly agree with you. Cause they're like, we need to beef up this D line. We need a defensive tackle who can pressure the quarterback and also preferably defend the run better free up Leighton Van der Esch and Jalen Smith to make plays. And they did that by drafting Tristan Hill. Um, so yeah, I and know.
3: hopefully that does help Which, the safety because when you start pressuring the quarterback, hopefully that would allow for more opportunities for them to take away the ball. And at some point,
4: yesterday we were we're looking at the OTAs at the very end of practice, and this was a Cooper Rush pass, and it wasn't one of his better days at all yesterday. But no, that Mike inter-
1: White, Mike White, hey, he,
4: he threw a pick he, too. <laughs> he, yeah, he wasn't. wasn't he prepared. only threw one. So <laughs> he only yeah. threw one instead of three. <laughs> But the last pick was the one that Donovan Wilson, yeah, covered a lot of ground, runs over there, makes a nice play, and it's like this this guy's it's gonna be hard for me to think that he doesn't work his way into this this mix. Just just looking at him, just the plays he made in college, big time hitter. I just I I feel like he's kind of your next Kayvon Frazier type guy comes
1: right in. I want to get to some of those details, but I want to take you back for a second. Nick, you talked about that final game of the season. Dave, you said you don't want to overreact to that. How much does the Colts game factor into that? Because really when I look at it, you look at really that would be the last four or five weeks of the season. You had two games where this defense got completely overpowered. And that was what to me was more of a— Uh, More of a signal that something was maybe not, like maybe there was something that was being figured out about this defense far more than just the final game. What are your thoughts there?
3: That was the game where they walked out with like, oh no, that was at
2: home. Marlon Mack just bullied them and Andrew Luck didn't even need to do anything Yeah, and the Cowboys offense didn't score a point. That was that was the game. They got dominated. That was they the first time all season they got kicked. dominated. Yeah. I think
3: they had the they walked out with the hard hats on. That was that. Yes. Game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
2: was it. Yeah, good timing. Which actually, <laughs> good timing. That's a that's a great place to start. And I mean, you don't want to overact overreact to the Rams game, but you still have to take it into account. Absolutely. Obvious. I mean, yeah. you give up 200 rushing yards in the NFL. That's that's eyebrow raising. In the playoffs, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, backup so back up running back,
1: most of that or a good part of that. I want to
4: see that play again. That last play they just showed. Sorry about that. The last play they, they just showed, Daniel Ross just gets knocked to the ground, like really for no reason. That's what, like, okay, we got to get better there. Our defensive tackle rotation's got to get better. And he had a nice, I mean, he was, he was surprisingly good at
2: times, but. Yes. And I think I think that's uh that's a great way to put it, in my opinion, is surprisingly good. The Cowboys have they drafted, identified, developed, and retained their best pass rusher since Demarcus Ware. He Demarcus Lawrence is awesome. If you listen to this show ever, you know how I feel about him. I don't think the Cowboys pass rush slash slash defensive line as a whole is there. It's probably as good as it's been since where no, it's definitely as good as it's been since Ware retired but it's not it's not this elite unit that calls to mind the 2015 Broncos or even you know the the Philly lines from a few years ago you know when Cox was even younger and Benny Logan was still really good Vinny Curry they just like waves on waves of of good guys like it's not that um, the defensive tackle position needs to be upgraded even with Tristan Hill here I'm not convinced it's elite uh, I thought it was great that they brought in Robert Quinn. Be even better if Randy Gregory could work his way back from this suspension, but that's where it starts for me. Um, the defensive line as a whole. So needs I, that was actually upgrading.
1: That was the question I was going to ask, and maybe it changed. Your answer changes a little bit when I when I make the ask this question. But so between going out of the season, when the season was done, you get to February. What did you think was the the position of greatest need on the Dallas defense? safety is one that that a lot of people threw out obviously defensive tackle where do you think that that going into the offseason this team felt like they had to be most active in trying to upgrade
4: I think they answered the question themselves I mean they felt like it was defensive tackle uh not not safety and and they showed that because they they got one of each Covington and Iloka, two guys that they're like you know hopefully they'll fit in here but they didn't break the bank on either one of them. And then when it came down to it, to get Thornhill was sitting there and they took uh, Tristan Hill, I mean, I think they just kind of showed, to answer your question, where they thought. But was that more about the
1: player or was that more about the position of need? Position, I think. Okay.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it was position. Okay. I, I, I do. And and from what you know, what we've heard is um, – Chris Richard, you know, kind of and, and he, it kind of, I, I think it's position because he talked about the position of what they have and said, Hey, um, sound like, you know, Xavier Woods, this guy's going to be good. Uh, I think I'm, I'm excited about him. I don't know if anyone was saying the same about the defensive tackles in there, you know, to, to that level. So, and, and, and that speaks volumes for a coach because coaches are greedy. They want their players. They want to look, they want to look good. So they'll get good players. And he was like, listen, this will be a better move for us. And so I, I thought that was that, that just kind of showed the position of need was defensive tackle.
1: Do you think it would have been the same if the safety that they were looking at was a better replacement for Jeff Heath?
4: So if Abrams. Yeah, is that's, sitting there,
2: that's a tricky question because when you're drafting 58, it's much less likely you're going to get in. I mean, you want, you want guys who can start with your first three picks. I always say, but when you drop down to fifty eight as opposed to let's say, you know if they had picked twenty seven, I think that's where Abram was picked. Yeah. The Raiders used our the Cowboys pick on him. Uh, it's less likely you're gonna get a guy that is ready to beat out a what three year incumbent starter. Um but yeah, I mean, if somehow if Jonathan Abram is there, Yeah, I think maybe that changes their tune.
4: But I think that you can say that about seven or eight other positions. You know, I think you can say that about an offensive tackle, a tight end, a wide receiver, you know, that they have graded high that falls down there as well. So to me, it's always, you know, best player available. And if it's close, then it goes to best available need. And I think that I think they showed that tackle was a bigger need there. As Amber said, you get a good tackle, you will you're your safeties will look better. Well, so.
3: And I might sound stupid saying this, but I don't care. This is just my perspective on things. To me, when you start talking about overall versus specific games, like the Rams game, the Colts game, I personally am satisfied with what the defense did last year. Obviously not in those games, but those are the games where you need the offense to play their part and pick it up, do what you need to do, And there were instances, games, where the defense was doing all they could, and then the offense gets the ball, and they don't really produce anything. And to me, that obviously plays into the role of how tired your defense gets and how they're going to keep performing throughout the game. But when you have a bad day, that's when you need your teammates from the other side to be able to contribute and step in, and they from what I remember, weren't able to do that. Well, I think that's the probably game. accurate in the,
1: in the Colts game. I think I have a little different opinion in the Rams game because I felt like the offense kind of got it going. It reminded me a lot of that yeah, that playoff game against Green Bay. Yeah, they start, the offense started slow, but they kind of got themselves back into position to be in that game a little bit and, you know, it, the, the fateful moment was that, you know, that, that conversion, I think they're showing the play right now, um, where where uh, Jeff Heath was basically out of position, and they were able to convert and game over, right? And if they get the ball back right there, the offense has an opportunity to then be able to make a play and, or make a few plays, and, and they're, they're right there in the game, right? So wow. I, I just think that, I, I don't know if I would say the offense was a completely inept In that game, like they were in the Colts game. In the Colts game, the offense was horrible. No,
4: it was their worst game of the year. I agree. But the thing about it is, they only ran for 47 yards in that Rams game. In that middle stretch, they had a nice drive early. They had a nice, you know, scramble drive late there. But in between, there wasn't a whole lot going on. It's like it
3: picks up towards the end. Somehow, when Dak or the offense is starting to feel that pressure, it's like the light bulb comes on and all of a sudden, they're playing great, but then there's just not enough time on the clock to do anything to make it happen.
4: Was it me, or did Xavier Woods look like he had three really bad plays in that? I mean, like, he, he didn't have—I don't look at Xavier Woods as having a bad season or anything like that. But just some of those plays right there, that wasn't his best game. We've but
2: said— Layton, too.
3: All of them. Yeah, they, I don't they, think any they, of them
4: had great pick games.
2: Pick a that, defender that had a good game. Yeah. In pick, that game? Yeah. yeah. It was
1: bad. It was a bad performance all the way around. That, I mean, you know— they so,
2: they deserve all. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, Sue and, and even no, actually Donald didn't have a good game. Um, Taco
4: <laughs> it. just waits I for it. He just sits there. Loved, just,
2: they had you know they had amazing seasons and they deserve all credit in the world. Uh, Leighton and Jalen were both bad in that game. Yeah. Everybody was. Yeah. Um, the best
4: thing that came out of that game, I, I I think, I mean, is the fact that two your two rookies stepped up and really did, you know, some, some great things in that game. Number one, Michael Gallup had a couple of nice plays there. Yep. You kind of see that, you know, he, I think he led the team in, in receiving yards, but more importantly, Connor Williams said, all right, you know, you got the best in the world right here and and we're not giving you a ton of help. And he, he played really, really well. And and not because he's a rookie. He just played well against the, the best defensive player in all of football. Um, Aaron Donald. I mean, it wasn't like, well, for. I, mean, I think it was
2: one play, maybe he got called for holding, but he won that that battle. And he had like one tackle in one hurry. Like, he, I mean, yeah, Sue had the better Sue game. Sue handled Zach Sue Martin. Yeah.
4: I was a little bit concerning there, but, but Not I mean, a- here's your rookie that you, you thought, is he big enough? Can he make this transition? And with all the world watching, he did a really nice job. So that, so that was a good move for him.
1: Do you think, and I don't want to go too far down this hole, but do you think that? Having a defense that played so well throughout most of the season be so thoroughly dominated in that game, do you give any any part of that to maybe coaching more so than the players? And the reason why I say that is because you're facing a guy that is notoriously known as a great offensive mind. And was he just better to out was he better at out scheming, coming up with better opportunities uh, to take advantage of this defense than what the defense could counter? with with whatever
4: coaching decisions well, they were made. I mean, he kept his job, you know, their offensive coordinator. So yeah, I mean, definitely was I mean, you can't say that about the Cowboys guy. He didn't keep his job. Yeah, I think coaching plays a part of it. If it if they didn't, then they wouldn't have made that. Well, move. I was talking about the flip side. I was
1: talking more defense. of the Cowboys defense
4: and the Rams' offense. Oh, okay. I thought you were yeah. talking about the offensive because
1: we're talking, as, you know, talking about the defense again. And and again, I'm trying to figure out is that is what we saw in that game in the Colts game an aberration? I got. You. Or is it really? And and if and if you would put it more on coaching, then maybe it was. Maybe it's something that hey, they just that was just one of those games. Where they just got out schemed, and it happens. So, that happens in the NFL it has sometimes.
3: Because when you think about it, I mean, clearly their talent level didn't go down. They they're they're good players, so. Maybe that's where he stemmed from coaching Mm -hmm. and what they were doing, and they weren't able to match up what the Rams were doing there offensively. It's,
2: I mean, it's a and we gave the Rams so much credit all last year for keeping it simple but unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an element of that, but again, like I think you're kind of falling into that trap of overreacting. Basically, I mean, it was the last game we saw, and for the third time, yeah, they were terrible. But I mean, Sean Payton's a pretty awesome coach too. Thirteen points, and it's like I look at the whole body of work. Like they had, they probably had, they had like four really incredible games and three kind of lousy ones, and then the rest it was somewhere in between. And that's that's about right. That it it comes down to the defensive tackle position
4: because in those games they were they were blown off the ball running. We know that their their secondary is pretty good. Their linebackers are good, but. That it was just too easy for the, the Colts and the Rams to run the ball. And and that's what opens up everything. And that's, what's going to be harder for it to get your offense and rhythm and all that kind of stuff. So the Colts was just the worst game we've seen on both sides of the ball. But I, I'm sorry, go ahead. But I,
2: I don't, I don't remember my point. This is bad. <laughs> Which, well, to go, to go back a minute, and yeah, I mean, the Cowboys clearly, they set the agenda, like defensive tackle, and it's hard, it's hard to argue with the performance we saw in both of those games, just giving up way too many rushing yards. And I would, I mean, if you, if you look at the roster, it's so obviously safety and defensive tackle position when you're just like, all right, where, where are we deficient in talent? It's those two positions, I think. And I think most people would agree. Having said that, as good as you might feel about defensive tackle, and it does, I mean, Tristan Hill, I I think Christian Covington's an underrated signing, honestly. Like, he had a pretty good career in Houston. I agree. Reminds me a lot of um, Terrell McClain, who, again, like, didn't really, nobody was very excited when he signed on, and he wound up being pretty useful. Mm -hmm. Um, Having said all of that, I do. I like, are there enough playmakers on the back end of this defense? Are there? I mean, Byron Jones was great last year. He doesn't get picks. Cheeto has gotten a pick each in the season finale of both of his seasons. Jeff Heath is your best ball hawk, and everybody in the world wants to get rid of him. Uh, Xavier Woods has shown flashes of it, but it hadn't been there on a consistent basis. I, how many career interceptions does he have? Heath? No, Xavier Woods. Oh. Not a, not a lot. Four? I think that might even be high. Um, And that's that's part of it is you can have all the talent in the world. Like takeaways are a big part of it. And basically for the entire time that I've covered this team, they right. have not had a playmaker who can get takeaways. Yep. And I wonder about that.
1: And in order for them to take the next step this year, they're going to need Byron Jones. They're going to need Xavier Woods. They're going to need Cheeto Bay. They're going to need all those guys to start getting their hands on the ball and actually – turning the ball over that's in order for them to turn it i would
2: love for it to be jordan lewis i'm, not sure, I'm not sure he's gonna get it he's gonna
4: get as many opportunities but i would love for it to if be jordan he keeps lewis. practicing the way he did yesterday he i'm he will.
2: i'm excited about him and a lot of it's because byron can't practice i understand right. that but they're putting him outside and he's holding his own against cooper and anybody else that wants some so that's really encouraging to see um
3: Parts of me want to get excited from yesterday's practice, and then you remember who were the players in yeah, there. And well, that Cooper yeah, well, yeah, and the they're the
2: per, you know they're purposefully <laughs> mixing and matching. So yeah, like I try not to overreact to it too. But I mean, it's Amari Cooper. I don't care who's throwing him the ball or what. Jordan Lewis has looked pretty solid yeah, in that, every practice that we've seen. There was a play uh, yesterday. Would you? It, it was kind of refreshing because you're like,
4: oh, it's just practice. It's mini camp. Yeah tell that to Sean Lee like Sean Lee was just berating this poor official who you know probably works <laughs> conference USA or something like that maybe I don't, if that but i'm just saying it was late in the game and it was a deep ball to Cooper it was Cooper and Jordan and, and Jordan i thought Jordan made
0: a great it, play it was a
4: bs call it yeah. was not a flag and they called pass interference on like the 2 yard line uh which i i guess i guess jason didn't want to review that you know i guess we're not we're not there yet and and uh Sean Lee, I thought was just going to lose it right there, and it's like, well, it's just practice. But then you're like, that's
2: okay. And at least you know they're getting into it. And I actually I saw Jordan in the locker room after that, and I was like, man, you know these refs are getting paid like fifty bucks to be here. Like, you really like give this guy a break. I mean, you're killing him over an off season flag. Like, he's not getting paid enough to be putting up with that. I mean, but I was kidding.
4: Yeah. And you're right, but then you know. Then again, Jordan Lewis, like this is my chance. This is Trying to make a team. Trying to get a start spot. After they got the ball, they got down there, and Dak. Is that when Dak was waiting, waiting, and then he got a Randall Cobb in the corner on a, yes. on a touchdown, I mean, yes. it was really nice play design, and it's one of those where you know you can't do this with a lot of offensive lines, but but. This cowboy offensive line can can hold up, you know, long enough to, for a play like that to to develop. And he, you know, Cobb was crafty, and you know, and and you know, you want to be like, wow, you know, they they don't they've never had that before, but they have. I mean, be- Beasley Beasley did those kind of things, and I think Cobb's going to be able to do that, maybe better down the field, but it's going to be comparable across the middle.
1: Let's take our first break. When we come back, I will ask the question: What is the greatest strength of this defense? Is it the linebackers? or as the defensive ends with the addition of Robert Quinn. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor experience one for yourself visit myjohndeerdealer.com
2: football
1: Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at
0: AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins,
1: plus the Green Bay Packers and more.
0: Elliott works his way through and walks the dog.
3: Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First
0: and goal, quarterback sneak. sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown.
3: Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your
0: tickets to... Today. back to the break
4: work the Cowboys way in an elevated work experience at formation choose from open workspaces dedicated desks and private offices located at the star in Frisco limited memberships are available now at formation at the and
1: that you are welcome back to Cowboys break at the star uh, we formation. are in our final yeah formation that's actually a pretty cool, cool thing. You can actually come work out at the place where the Cowboys work. That's pretty cool. Anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about defense. We have uh, we've kind of talked about the general big topic things. Uh, I want to talk some about the the strengths of this defense. Um, I, I think the two strengths are pretty obvious. I think it's linebacker. I think it's defensive end uh, with the addition of Robert Quinn. If you had to choose which one
2: would be the greater strength of them, which one would you say it is? Defensive end. Mm-hmm. No linebacker, easily for me. Defensively, I like this. For Let's me. have a
1: conversation on this.
2: I mean, how many? Why? Tell me why. Um, because how many? First of all, how many teams have like three Pro Bowl caliber players? Like, I mean, and now we know for sure Sean Lee's going to play some Sam. So you've got a Pro Bowl caliber player at all three positions, and and you know I feel weird even saying this because I'm the guy that's like, well, physicality is being taken out of the NFL. Linebacker is kind of like the running back of the defense. It's it, like, it's losing its place, but having seen the athleticism of these two young guys and the plays that it allows them to make and the tone that it allows them to set was incredible last year. And, you know, I said, uh, there aren't enough playmakers on this defense. Uh, well, the, probably the closest thing that they have to that in the back seven is, is Jalen and Layton. I mean, they, both of them made plays, takeaways and tackles that single-handedly turned games. Um, they're just, they're impressive and, and they appear to be durable lock on, knock on wood. Uh, and i just i think it's a hell of a strength on this defense.
1: Uh, Amber tell me why you would say defensive end.
3: Well, what mark? well, you got Robert Quinn here now added. Hoping, hoping that he's able to play at a high level and what he's shown here during these little practices has been promising. Now, when you add that to DeMarcus Lawrence and the line, Anton Woods, Malik Collins, they were able to do things as well that were good for the defense. So having Those main guys there, Lawrence and Robert Quinn, creating pressure, allowing not just for themselves, but allowing opportunities for everybody else on the line. To me, that's kind of where it all starts. And being able to put the pressure in, it plays into the role of what the linebackers are are doing back there and creating opportunities for them as well. I mean, they were able to play great. Leighton made some plays on his own where he basically drag guys. Remember last year certain plays where he, he just looked absolutely amazing and he yeah. would do certain things all on his own. But to me, that all starts with the line and what DeMarcus Lawrence was able to do and the rest of the line.
4: Yeah, yeah I mean, I I, th- I think that you've got it from a potential standpoint. I think the linebackers have a little bit more upside because they're young and they're, they're going to grow into that. But I think for, as far as production goes, I think Quinn – a combination of, of, of Quint and, and Lawrence, and then you got Gregory as well. I think those guys are the strength. And what she said, I think it all starts with the pass rush, and then the linebackers can feed off of that. Now, they did make plays on their own, and it's a, it's a close second to me. Um, I think if, if, if a team was an expansion team, they would take the linebackers because of their youth and, and all that. But I think as it stands right now, I, I'd go with the guys that have done it a little bit more. And the Sean Lee part's a factor in there, too, because now mm-hmm. you're talking about three guys. But those three versus Gregory, Quinn,
2: and D-Law. I, I mean, I, I'm not tr- like, how are you including Gregory in this right now? I mean, I can't count on him. I, he's he, he's not he, on the roster right well, now. Well, you counted on Sean Lee. He's, Sean Lee played games last year. I mean, he was so Gregory. Well, but he's he's not on the roster. I, he's not okay. here. I'm just, I, I think that's an important thing to take into account, in my opinion. It is. It is an important thing.
4: But the Cowboys seem confident that he's going to be – and they, they know something, I, I guess, I would imagine.
2: I would assume they know more than we do. It certainly uh, seems like they know something the way they keep talking about it. I, I, w- I would love to see him. I hope he rolls up in Oxnard. But I'm not counting on him as part of the pass rush right now. What about Hider, Yeah, absolutely. He I might, think. He might you know, factor into this. And
4: I, I think they, they've got – some some good depth there, and, but it starts to me, it, it all it comes down to Quinn. You know, is Quinn the type of guy that he was? Can he, can, he, can Marinelli and Leon let get that out of him again? Because if he can, then that's going to be good. But who, who would you say has been
1: the best defensive end that's lined up opposite to Marcus Lawrence in his career? I mean,
2: he since he's a, been really good, I mean, Greg Hardy Taco. I hate to even bring him up, but Greg Hardy. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, the reason I'm asking is because, then I want you to make the comparison, is this now the best guy that he will have had on the opposite side? Because I think that makes a difference. When you have a guy as dominant as Demarcus Lawrence has been at the defensive end position, having another guy on the opposite side who was equally dominant or can even get close to that range forces defenses to make some really, really interesting decisions, and that may either make more opportunities for Demarcus more opportunities for Quinn, or more opportunities for those defensive tackles.
4: You know, what I like about this situation is you got two pass rushers that play naturally play the position that they're going to play. It's not like they drafted a guy who really likes to play on the left side, but he's going to have to play right because D-Law's there. Quinn lines up on the right. He goes up against these left tackles all day long. D-Law lines up on the left, goes up against these right tackles. It's perfect for what they both want to do and do well, and I think it's going to fit. I think the
2: combination is going to be really good. Yeah, I completely agree with that for the record. I do. This is as good as the defensive end position has been uh, in my time here. And that's before Gregory comes back again. You know, I, I did a story on Carrie Hyder last week. I didn't realize, you know, me and Brian brought us watching tape of him. We thought there was a chance they brought him in here to be an under tackle. And maybe they would have, if they hadn't drafted Tristan Hill, but they did. So they've got him playing left end now. And that's where he easily had the best season of his career in 2016. Eight sacks for Detroit, like yeah. just a. I mean, that's that's better than anybody on this roster other than uh, Quinn and Law. D. Law. That's right. Quinn too, but none of the other guys. I mean, Tyron Crawford's never gotten that high. Gregory never got that high. Uh, Malik had five and a half, I think. So if if he can get back to that, that's awfully enticing. I I like his odds to make this roster as part of that rotation for sure.
1: If my memory serves correct, when he did that, he had talent on the other side yeah. yeah so yeah. so Bonso. that that is something to, to consider here is that when you have an opposite a guy on the opposite side it really does help out everybody on the defensive line
4: i mean would robert mathis have had a great career for the colts if right. he didn't play again you know with dwight freeney for so long i mean that that stuff matters yep. and anthony spencer finally figured it out <clears throat> did the same thing i Marcus still where
1: had greg ellis i mean for every great defensive end you can probably find in most of their years when they had greatness, they had somebody that was pretty good on the opposite side. And I'm not saying they didn't, they probably had something to do with that,
4: but it kind of goes hand in hand. Two is better than one. Two, two pass rushers yes, are better right. than one. Yeah. yeah. I still right.
2: can't, I which everything we just said is right. But those two freakazoids, that linebacker, they're impressive, man. Here, here's the
4: good thing. And, and I actually agree with you for the record. Go ahead. Well, the, the good thing about you know, these debates like that is like – you get them both. Yeah, you yeah. know this isn't like a quarterback. you are like, should we play this one or yeah. this one? It's like, no, Which, they're both going to be good. Just prove me wrong. Prove me wrong.
2: This is a this is a point that I wanted to make at the back end of the last segment. Kind of going back to my thing about takeaways, though, is like, I I don't know realistically how much better you can expect them to be, and maybe maybe I don't. Set my expectations high enough. I mean, they were they were seventh in total defense and sixth in scoring. That's pretty damn good. I'm, obviously, they could be number one, but injuries and, and schemes. I mean, you know, great pass rushers will only average like half a sack per game. Like, so I think about that, and I'm like, I don't care about them being statistically that much better. I want them to get the ball back more. Like, well, that's what I. That would be the jump, you know. Like, that's what great defenses do. On in addition to that. What we've heard of of Chris Richard's
1: plea in the draft room when they were trying to make a decision between defensive tackle and safety, part of that plea was look you give me a better pass rush if our pass rush is better I feel confident the back end will be also better so maybe that's the point they go out and they get a Robert Quinn they draft a Tristan Hill they feel like they have some guys that can really get after the passer even more than they were able to do last year and maybe that gets Byron Jones those interceptions that maybe he didn't get before again quarterbacks under pressure he's going to make more bad decisions Aaron throws that may create more easy opportunities for them to get turnovers. absolutely
4: I'm not trying to say that that I know something Marinelli doesn't or anything like that, but I feel like sometimes they get these pass rushers in the center of the defense. These, you know, even the one technique they can get up the field or a three technique, which is great, but those guys also get gashed out of the way. And that's what I, if I remember the Colts game, I just remember these guys getting up the field, (laughs) schemed out of the way, and then all of a sudden it's just these gaping holes. So the Tristan Hill highlights that I remember that he was just a nightmare for the center. He was all over the quarterback I didn't see a lot of the run defense that in, in plays, and I, I don't. I defer to you guys. You watched a lot more tape, but I just remember a little bit more pass rushing plays, and I, I want those guys that stay home, eat up those double teams,
2: and and, and it's second nine. Well, I just I, Covington is a name that okay. I've got my eye on go. for that purpose. Yeah,
1: so I was going to throw out Covington, but I also going to ask this question: What do you think about Antoine Woods? Obviously, last year he was another one of those guys that was surprisingly good. Was he? But but I think in some of those instances where you were getting pushed out of the way, he was a part of that. Do you think he's increased his it, – it will he be better this year so he's not going to be pushed around like that in those instances?
2: Throw in a caveat, which, you know, excuses, I get it. Nobody wants to hear him. He hurt – the shoulder that he had surgery on, he hurt it during the Rams game. Right. So I'm sure that sucked for him. He's right? trying to <laughs> – That's play not it. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't look
4: the same as he did last year. He's got a different Bad body. Bad or good? Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, for, you just know what it looks like right now well for the beach better but for oh, okay. playing football i don't know i mean i'm just saying he looks he looks slimmer but i, I mean is, is that good in this situation i, I i'm not Question sure is is he stronger we'll we'll find
2: out but, i well he's he's so he had surgery he's working his way back he's not part of these practices but we actually talked to him yesterday I loved his response. It wasn't anything new, but I just love his attitude because I'm I've said it a couple times. I, no disrespect toward the guy, but I don't consider his job status as being that safe. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's he's not this untouchable all-pro mm-hmm. starter that's definitely going to be in the lineup or necessarily even have a job at the end of training camp in my opinion. And I asked him about that. I was like, "You know, you were this guy a year ago. It doesn't seem like it because you had such a good season, but like, you know, you were trying to lose weight so you could catch somebody's (laughs) attention and make the team. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, my mindset doesn't change. Like people in this locker room know me a little bit better now, but uh, there's like three guys here that are doing right now trying to do what I did last year. Like there's somebody here who's hungry, who's trying to drop weight and get in shape and take my job. Like that's the name of the game. Uh, this league they're always I think he was like they're always trying to find your replacement always and I'm I recognize that and I know I was like yeah well I like
4: your attitude at least you know you don't want to be and 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 I say this with respect to him but you don't want to be lucky whitehead you know because you (laughs) know a guy that just kind of oh he comes in he does some good things like wow this is great and then you know and he he loved the camera loved doing all the fun things and because his personality is great but like If you don't keep it going and you care too much about this other stuff, then you're not going to be around. And so I I love that that answer as well. That
2: was kind of my thing too, as I was like, I like I like that you know this. Like I like that you understand what it's going to take. Yeah, Joe Looney's on the team because
4: he's a really good versatile center guard. That's why he's on the team. All this other stuff, National Donut Day, all this stuff, that's great. Ha-ha. He's on the team because he's a really good player, and he's worked his butt off to do that. And and Antoine Woods, I think, sees that. And, yeah. You know, you can be – we did a play. We'll show it, um, you know, later this summer on our series of Tale of the Tape where Brian us sits down with these players and and, and does – you know, they go through a play on the tape. It was really good. And the one for Jalen Smith, he makes – a runs down to Sean Watson and makes a great play. But Antoine Woods is right there running stride for stride too and it's like this guy at that size can make a play like that he can play 10 years in this league mm-hmm. if he can if he can play like that. So yeah. he's got he's got a lot of upside too.
1: Going back to what Dave said, I think defensive tackle position probably is the position of anyone on this defense that what we think right now can drastically change by the time you get to week 1 of the NFL season. Uh, who knows who will be the starter? Who knows will be in the, who will be in the rotation? Uh, you got a couple guys in there, the vets who are only one year left on their deals, and yeah. then you got a lot of guys
2: that are coming in. Hill's the There's only. Hill's the only guy on this team with multiple years on his deal. Yep. That's exactly the tackle, so,
1: I mean. so defensive tackle Jeez. is a position that, that we'll be watching very, very closely to when we get out to Oxnard because it is a position that could change quite a bit as we go through those, those practices. I
2: guarantee you, before we went to training camp, we would never said Antoine's name on this show. Right. Or If we did, it was because me and Nick were looking at the roster like, hey, Antoine Woods is here, like he – you know, he got here on May 18th. Knicks. Yeah, exactly. So I'm
3: just I'm glad that it wasn't just because of Travis Frederick's condition. You know, we didn't yeah. know it back then, and the way that he was beating Travis Frederick, it was like that was what caught everyone's eyes and started hearing, "Oh, who's this guy? Antoine Woods?" But then later on, you find out, oh, Travis is dealing with this, and mm-hmm. then you start questioning, "Well, how good is he actually? Yeah. Like is he But he was able to show That's it throughout right. the season. And, and show it up, but when you start talking about the line, a lot of these guys, um, hopefully, they're able to come back healthy because mm-hmm. you had plenty of injuries there. Guys that were playing throughout injuries, so yeah. we'll see at what level they come back.
2: That's probably the biggest thing. I don't, know, you know, on paper this defense looks a lot better than it was last year, but there's a lot of guys dealing with stuff. Some that aren't serious, but I mean, you know, Byron Jones is. He's aiming to come back at training camp. We don't know. Demarcus is is kind of the same. I don't expect we'll see a ton of him until in, the season. Yeah, and right? in, in in Oxnard, um, Leighton is working his way back this week, but he's dealing with a pelvic issue. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody too. An- Antoine, there you go. And yeah. Woods. So what? How many starters did I just name? Four. Yeah.
3: He had my Collins always dealing with Which that actually he's injury.
2: he's been healthy so far this spring and he's looked good. He's Let's looked hope really he good. Let's stays that no, way. I mean, but last
3: year it was like no. back to back one it was like switch legs. Yeah,
2: he's had a hard time staying. Do,
1: do you guys at all worry about Leighton from standpoint of Health, because last year there were a lot of just little things. It seemed like to me, like it was always something. It seemed like he was kind of nursing, and and now you you talk about the pelvic issue he has. Are, are you at all concerned about it, even a little bit? He heard um, his
2: he, okay, he heard he, his, like groin in training camp, and it held him out for a while. his my memory suck? Like I what else remember. happened? I thought to during him? the
1: season he had a no. some kind of foot or something. Well, he?
4: yeah, he, there was a time where he was kind of limping off. The, I mean, you know those. You get in a car wreck forty times a game. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, these middle linebackers. It's it, we we kind of you know joke with, about the Sean Lee thing unfairly, really. But I mean, it, all those linebackers, the best in the league. I mean, that's what separates you from being an all pro linebacker to being just to go the guys that are just durable. Yeah, and. You know, I'm sure, you know, and I know Luke Kuechly seems like he stays hurt a lot, too. Yeah. You know, it's it,
1: hard. I mean, linebacker is a hard position yeah. to play and stay healthy. I mean, um,
2: it's it's the running back of the defense. Yeah. Like, you just get brutalized. That's. I mean, uh, I saw Navarro Bowman just retired with the Niners mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. And the same, like, he was incredible for, like, I don't know, three years. He was. Uh, was it only three years? That's I Sound mean, like it was it's exactly. But it's <laughs> well, really, he was in the same yeah. draft to class as Lee. I yeah. don't know. Was he as good? I'm as just. That, well, I'm. Ta- i his peak. Like yeah. you know, when him and Willis were there, and yeah, they, were a, yeah, they were just unreal. Like amazing. It couldn't have been longer than like four years, because then he started dealing with injuries. Obviously, you know, right. The most as good as he was, like the thing he's going to be associated with for the rest of his life is blowing his knee out in that playoff yeah. game. So it's it's a tough position to play. It just is. But I to answer. I don't remember
3: him having any major I
2: need to
1: see and it wasn't anything major. It was it was just those kind of things where, you know, some players they never miss games, but it's always kind of these little nagging things and it's just kind of this
3: though. He he was on that rehab thing, like because I would be trying to get him to do the show no mas, and he would spend hours getting rehab, getting massages, this treatment, that treatment. He just didn't want
2: he just didn't want to talk to you. (laughs) That's all. After
4: watching him on the show, I, I realized why he didn't want to do it. He was really terrible. He wasn't very comfortable. He wasn't very comfortable. knowing his teammates. Maybe he'll, he'll yeah. be better this
2: year. I need to see a larger sample size of him being hurt before yeah. I think he's got a yeah. injury. Yeah, because he played well, you know, in yeah. all those yeah. games.
4: So yeah, I think that's the nature of the position. And, and if I remember, you know, even back to Brady James, I think mean, there was times they put Brady James on Wednesdays where he was. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the position.
1: I mean, wasn't Kevin Burnett kind of like that? Wasn't that his? Like he didn't miss a lot of games, but he was always had always something brando. that he was nursing. Uh, because he was always getting banged up. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, uh, let's get some questions. 888-855-2297 is our number. Again, 888-855-2297. We'll also take questions on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break.
2: Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Eh, it's okay.
0: Just okay? What's not too... right above the subway! Well, I bet you
1: don't
2: even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score September 2018. It's time for Tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot
0: parties from sad drinks. It's why they made elevation tumblers.
2: Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes up to 64 ounce. The growler. Mm. I like how OtterBox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the OtterBox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation
0: tumblers at
3: otterbox.com.
1: Back to the break. Final segment of the final show before we head to training camp. Uh, This is the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the start, we've been talking about the defense. We want to get some questions and comments from you guys. Call us at 888-855-2297. You can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Amber, let's start with some questions from Twitter. What do you have?
3: Well, I see some people wondering if we are expecting to see any more player additions before training camp at some big position.
2: Somebody asked me about that on on Twitter a week or two ago, and typically, if they do that, they do they they have been known to like switch it up when all of this is over. Like nine OTAs, three day mini camp, you watch the tape, you you do an honest assessment, and if there's somebody they're not thrilled about, uh, I remember I think uh, our guy Ryan Williams. Remember, you know the running, yeah. you know the. He, he his his hype train wasn't as big as the Kristen Michael hype train, but he had some hype, and they just like unceremoniously cut him like two days before we left for Oxnard and brought somebody else in. Um, so they could, I mean, didn't they worked out a guy yesterday they out, after practice? It's like a fullback. I I just think I don't think so. Yes,
4: they could. It's just not going to be anything
2: that right. It won't be anybody sexy. If that's it, ain't going to be. Is, is there a sexy player left I was about on the to say, market? Other, yeah. Is there anybody
1: out there that's still a free agent at any position the Cowboys could actually use that would be worth picking up?
2: I, you know, I, I we already said I would have gone after Gerald McCoy. They didn't. I can't think of a ton of other, you know, Ziggy Ansa signed. I forgot where he signed. S- where did McC- Ziggy? Uh, Ziggy is with Seattle. No, now. McCoy. McCoy is in Carolina. Well,
1: Ansa went to Seattle.
2: Ansa's in Seattle. So McCoy's in Carolina. Sue is in Tampa. Uh, Eric Berry, they're not going to do that. Yeah. They're sorry, that ain't yeah. happening. I
1: suspect here in the next few months, we're probably going to hear, hear that Eric Berry is doing a press conference to retire. Is what I would su- what I would guess. Would
2: not surprise me. Yeah. Um, other than that, I yeah, I mean, you know, maybe you know if if one of these wide receivers just didn't impress them or or something like that, maybe they might bring in a guy. You know, Lance Lenore joined late a couple years ago but it ain't, ain't going to be anything yeah. super at, noteworthy.
1: At this point, the next time you would expect to see names that you would know that are even available would be once you get to training camp and get out of training camp when teams start making cuts, yeah, you notoriously will have some veterans that mm-hmm. will hit the street, and then it will be a, an option of whether the Cowboys at that point want to go out and get them. But r- rarely do you find those kind of guys at this point of the year. Um, not to say they won't sign somebody, but just find somebody at this time of the year. Let's take a call from Trey in Mississippi. Trey, what up?
0: Hey, how you guys doing today? Great. Doing? All right, so I've got a couple of things about the defense I want to ask you guys. Kay. One, I think um, a lot of people have kind of buried Georgia Aloka down the depth chart, and I think I think maybe Christian Shard can do something with him that maybe he hasn't been used before. I think it's a mistake to look at what a player has done up until this point. You got to look at how they've been used also, and I think that we might use him a little different than he's been used, and that might play into his size and everything. And also, do you guys think that there's potential for us to have a really interesting sort of NASCAR package along the D-line with all the speed that we have? Even if we got so much depth at the end, we could kick D-law inside on a couple pass rushes and have Malik Collins D-law. Then you know you got John Armstrong, Robert Quinn, maybe Randy if he comes back. I just kind of want to hear what you guys think about that. Thank you guys, love the show. I'm All gonna right. hang up the listener. Of- Thanks for the Thanks. call.
4: You know, I love both of those questions. Me yeah, too. good yeah. questions. Let's we'll start with the last one first because uh, the thing about that is is you have a really good pass rusher in in you know Demarcus Lawrence, one, the, one of the best in, in the league, obviously. Playing him inside, I mean, that's not where he's making his money. That's not what you're paying him for. So I, I get the, the the notion, but to me, I want my best players doing what they do well. We'll figure out the defensive tackle part there, but I just remember the touchdown against uh, in the Seattle game the first time there was a deep ball. I remember just thinking, why is he playing on the inside? just so they could get Taco on the field and all that. Like, I, I don't love that. I don't love that at all. I don't need Doran Armstrong on the field for that reason. I want Quinn on the outside and D-Law on the outside, and we'll figure out some guys that can rush in the middle.
2: I think I agree. I, I agree with you, but, like, throw in throw tyrone in there at yeah, tackle. maybe say. you know yes. tristan, tristan hill looks hill. athletic as hell when he rushes the passer on his ucf tape so Hider, that's where maybe hider's yeah, yeah which yeah. hider's not working at tackle right now but rod marinelli said that he could once he gets a little more acclimated uh there's no shortage of guys that can do both so you know college teams do that all the time and it's so much fun mm-hmm. uh so i would i would love to see yeah i and I don't mean this in any disrespect to D Law. I just haven't seen it yet.
4: But when JPP was really doing his thing and he was all over the place, you'd line him up over nose tackle. I just haven't seen D Law do that to that kind of effectiveness. Yeah,
1: we did get a peep of that last year during training camp. If you remember, there were a few days during practice when they let him line up uh, all across the line. So basically, as they're doing one on ones, they would line him up at defensive end. In the next rotation, he'd be a defensive tackle. And yeah. He'd go all the way down the line and go up against every offensive lineman on the first team. And fared pretty well. The only guy I don't think he beat was Zach, if I'm, if my memory serves correct. Um, yeah. but,
2: but they did. We did get a peep of that yeah. and seeing him kind of move around a little bit. As for Iloka, I'm gonna guess Trey listened to the comments he made last week because if he didn't, he's he's really uh, perceptive at least because Iloka talked to the media a week ago and was like, "I love this scheme. You know, the defenses I played in before. You know, they asked me to play 15, 20 yards back." The Cowboys want me more up in the box. I think that'll suit me better. I tend to agree with him. I mean, the dude is 6'3". He is all arms and legs, man. He's, he's kind of, especially for somebody as short as me, it's weird to be around him. Like, he's, his legs are just enormous. So, in my elementary mind, I'm like, well, yeah, like, if you're, you know, down in the box where there's less space, like, that'll probably suit you better. I don't you know like wacky waving inflatable tube man out there trying to play in space i don't know how great of an idea that is so um i like the thought of him being in the box and the other thing he said what well, he said my goal is to have the best year of my career well i went and looked back at his career he had 80 tackles and three picks uh with you know eight or ten pass deflections in two separate years which maybe that's not all pro but that's that's better than what we've seen from the safety position for a long time. So if he's better than that, then it would be noteworthy. When he was out there last year, I think
1: all of us on this show were like, "Hey, go get him, bring him in here." And I yeah. think that was what middle of the season or so when yeah. he when he was out there on the street. Um, so I, yeah, he certainly got some skill, no doubt about it.
2: I you know, not, I'm, I don't want to take credit away from Jeff Heath because I I drive that bandwagon. I think he's better than a lot of people want to give him credit for. But the other thing is too is you know his comfort in the scheme his dependability with the coaches, that stuff matters. So I think Iloco is going to have to be significantly better to just take that job away. Like maybe we'll see him in a platoon situation where they're using three safeties, but if he's just straight up going to be the every down strong safety, I don't think he can just be like the same as Heath. You know what I mean? Because they'll defer to Heath. Like he's going to have to just blow everybody away with how much better he is. Got to beat him.
1: All right, let's take a call from Tim in Boston. Tim, what up?
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. A couple quick points. Uh, First one is, how long do you think it's going to take? uh, We're all cautiously optimistic about the new look offense and and things that they're going to be implementing. But how long do you realistically think that it's going to take as far as games uh, before we start seeing dividends from that? And the second thing is, am I the only one that's a little nervous about a backup quarterback? Um, (laughs) I I I apologize if y'all covered it earlier. I'm a little late to the show today, but I am very nervous. We've been very lucky, Dak's been a stud, knock on wood, he's been healthy, but a little nervous about that spot. So I'll I'll hang up and let y'all talk about it. Thanks, for for the call, guys.
4: Thanks for the call. And here's the thing, I'm pretty sure that, that he uh, Tim did not watch the tape from yesterday's practice because if he did we'll he'd be, would be
3: freaking a out. lot nervous. <laughs>
4: not just a little nervous he'd be very nervous um no you're not the only one you're not the only one at all i mean the, those guys don't look capable really I and mean, they haven't had to they haven't had to be right now but but no they, they they don't look that good right now um they don't and and that might be a product of this first question which you know he just said is it going to take some time and all that but see Dak looks pretty good you know that. I mean, yeah. I think he's had some a really nice off season. He he throws the ball better. I think you can see a, a difference here between Kellen and Kitna. I, so far, we'll see. Nobody's screaming off the edge to 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 tackle him yet, but um, I, I think he looks good. But but the yeah the second part of that. I mean, the I the worst
3: part is being at these practices, like, where you would expect them to be okay and, like, look better Mm -hmm. during this time because you're not really playing real football or anything, getting actually to the quarterback. So it's just – it was bad. What I saw yesterday from Cooper was bad. (laughs) Like, he would get out of the pocket and start running around not knowing what the heck to do out there. Like, he – I don't know. His conscious, like – awareness of the field and where each guy is supposed to be is just not not even there.
4: There's nothing that he does that you just, you know, we always talk about traits. He just doesn't have any traits that you just watch and practice and go, oh look, "Look at that arm." Or you know, he's he's somewhat mobile, but not he's not winning any races or anything like that and it you, you presence, so, you know, pocket presence and it just, it doesn't, there was a play, it went, we had three interceptions from him yesterday, but there was another play where there was a safety coming right off the edge, and I think it was Westry maybe, and he was looking, looking over here. Easy sack. He would have been, a obl- you know, he would have been killed. I mean, just this guy coming in, and he didn't even look at him, so like his awareness to me is not where it needs to be right now.
2: The pick, the Donovan Wilson pick was like, it was the last play of two minutes. So, I mean, the game's over. Yeah. And it was a great play by Donovan Wilson. He just so that one doesn't concern me. But the, he threw a pick six to Donovan Alumba, and another pick to Joe Thomas, where I was like, "You didn't even see that guy." Uh, Joe you Thomas, didn't one. even know he was there, which that's always troubling. And
4: Mike White just hasn't. It's not like he's much better right now. So and the, the problem is, I don't know that the
2: Cowboys that's, are, are going to be interested in
1: going out and finding somebody well, else to replace them. And so, you, what you really have to hope is. Working with John Kitten through an entire training camp, you start to see one of these guys get better. Cause... No,
2: you no, the hope is that Dak <laughs> Prescott just keeps being healthy. Very true. healthy. Very, true. very, 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 true. very healthy.
1: But, but in the event they have to play, I think that's your next best option. Which, because I don't know that the Cowboys have, yeah, have shown it. And I don't know that there's really anybody out there that say, they want to go get. We, we, want the...
2: we know they hate going to get big names, but like who's even there? Right? Who's even, who's you there? Won. Didn't
1: Connor Cook get cut?
2: Yeah, but... yeah, Connor Cook, who has 300 career passing yards. in the offseason. That yeah, tells you a lot, that's, right? That ain't great. You want me to? You want me <laughs> got to cut in June? You want me to pull a Mickey?
1: Yeah, sure.
4: Fifteen years ago, we were at 2004. We were saying the same things about these two backups, <laughs> Drew Henson and this guy Romo. Romo is terrible. Like he is terrible. Yeah. And and you know, luckily Quincy and Vinny are here, but uh and they signed <laughs> luckily, his in, I like but, luckily Yeah, luckily we got these guys so but but Romo's terrible. Oh yeah. wait, they cut Quincy? Okay. Well they have to cut this guy. I mean, yeah. because he is absolutely awful. Um we've seen he play he, he doesn't even play flag football very well with these guys. T.
0: Yeah.
4: So um I'm just saying it, it was it was the shock of all shocks to think that God, Tony Romo is going to be the face of the
2: Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, but
1: that's that's so far-fetched. I understand.
2: All that it I'm, would happen I, twice. I, I get it. I'm ah, just saying. Three times, maybe, because Dak looked like crap in practice, Yeah, too. but
1: Dak wasn't as much of a long shot as Tony, I Tony don't think.
2: Not even and, close. And, and Mike White wouldn't be
4: as much of a long shot as Tony either. He was drafted. I, I'm just saying th- there was a point in time where the thought of Tony Romo was worse than, than Mike White.
2: Nick, true. Nick made a really funny point yesterday like I don't I might be wrong. I don't even think there is a veteran you know journeyman out there that would get people interested. But if there was, you would have to pay him like quadruple Dak's salary to come here. Yeah. Because he knows he's not playing? No, because quarterbacks make money. That's what the veteran makes. Like, if you were going to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's not available, but if you were going to sign a guy like that, you would have to pay him. So much more than Eight? what Dak is making. Yes, if I agree
4: with
1: that.
2: that you would that's been, just because yes. of how much Dak, how little Dak makes yes. at this point. So, so
1: it yeah, doesn't no. look like, good doesn't right mean, now. But it doesn't mean it's not doable, though. I, I think I didn't say the, it wasn't doable. I, know, but the, I perception just that, the perception that what you said, the perception of what you said is, it's going to cost you a ton of money. It's not going to really cost you a ton no. of money. It's just going to no. cost you more than you're cheaply paid. You, you
2: misunderstood me completely. Right. It wouldn't be a ton of money in the grand scheme of Got things it. at all. It would just be enormously more than what Dak makes because he's the most right. underpaid player in the league. Yeah, looks embarrassing,
4: and you know. Know,
2: get that Does deal done. Like, Dak, I just, Dak would just be looking at this guy like, really?
1: But I have like, a hard time thinking they're going to enter this season with Dak making the money he's making. I have a hard time believing that. We'll see. We'll see. But I have a hard time believing that.
2: I don't, I, there, this is what it is. The backup quarterback position is
4: troubling, but I don't, I, don't, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Here's what's going to happen it's going to be like a Monday and it's going to be training camp. And uh-huh. like, We've man, seen this before. You're like they've had like seven practices in a row. We're off today. What, what are y'all doing? Like, I get this done, and then I'm all day. I'm gonna do this. Like, wait, what? <laughs> they just signed Dak. Like, Here there we go. go.
3: You know what? What I'm scared of, and I hope it doesn't happen, and I hope Dak does stay healthy. But remember when we were talking about Tyron Smith and his injury, and them not doing something because they already knew he was dealing with the injury. They needed a backup that was good enough, and mm-hmm. then you had um, what's his name? Fleming. Uh, that that has
2: green. Jazz
3: green. <laughs> you Who Jazz has a job green. now, by he the way?
2: Signed again. Denver Broncos. How many teams have signed this guy? It's amazing. At least two.
3: It's crazy. Well, but yeah, I just hope that that there is not a scenario like that where we go into the season, something happens, and then we're like, well, we talked about the backup quarterback the whole offseason, and they knew about it. They saw the tape. That they didn't do crap about it, and look where we're at now.
1: But that's also the problem: is the the argument can be made anybody that would have been available to them this off or even right now, if we you'd still be like, okay, Dak yeah. went down. I don't know what what you're going to really expect from this team at that point. Or McCown or something. <laughs> <laughs> One a, of them. Yeah, go get Luke again. Somebody. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. We are we uh, appreciate you joining mm-hmm. us this whole off season. It's been a fun off season. We'll be back. Uh, at the opening of training camp, we're going to be back. It's we'll be about that day. Uh, be here before Oxnard. we know it. Make sure you join us then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!